our sound man. He had to go back and turn us on. We're going to do this first song. It's called I Feel Jesus. You might know it. song, so you won't know this, but we're going to teach it to you. First thing you got to do is I've got to learn it, so bear with me just a second. I've got I to practice a little bit.
Labor Day 2015. Just want to welcome you to Community Baptist Church. It's a very special day for the Vincent family and they have brought a lot of guests. And welcome to our church and thank you for being here for Maggie and Ross this afternoon. If you are a visitor or if you're a member of our church, please take the, I say maroon, Dr. Tim says red, take those pads, write your name in there, uh, let us have a record of who was here today, and thank you so much for sharing your Labor Day with us. I can't possibly go through all the announcements, even this week, what this building is going to be, so I'm just going to hit on a few. First thing, deacon nominations. Deacons will be uh, next Sunday. 
So you have until the end of worship today. If you do not want to be considered to be a deacon of our wonderful church, please, please mark your name off the list on the tables over there today after worship. If not, then your name's on the list and you could get voted in. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Um, Senior Commodity Day. You see this is a church today, Senior Commodity Day. We'll have 300 senior citizens in here on Tuesday. And on behalf of Christian Outreach, thank you for allowing us to use your building. Also on Tuesday, we have about 150 kids, about 150 children starting to use this church for upward basketball. And I think Miss Sybil has a couple of things to say about the upward cheerleading basketball program. Mary's right. We have 150 kids signed up this year. That's about 25 to 30 more than we had last year or the last couple of years. Um, Basketball and cheer practice starts this week, Tuesday and Thursday. We have games starting on the 19th. So if you haven't signed up to volunteer and you would still like to do that, please see me or Christine Cornelius. Because we've got such an increase in kids this year, we've got an increase in our need for scholarships. We need 32 scholarships for the Upward children this year. So please pray about it. If God puts it on your heart, would you please? Scholarships are $65. Um, So if you want to do that, just make sure you put a notation there that it is an Upward scholarship on your check. Um, Also, we have this weekend the sewing Um, Friday night we are going to meet between 5 and 7 to cut out the patterns. So if you want to come Friday evening, we are in need of scissors and pins. We do have the material and the patterns, but if you want to come and help us cut out patterns, please bring your scissors or some pins if you have them. Um, And that will be from 5 to 7 Friday evening. Saturday we will do the sewing. Um, So if you've got a machine and you can bring it, please do. Um, We will will sew the patterns Saturday between 9 and 5. Am I leaving anything out, Sue? Correct. We are going to not, in in addition to not only the dresses, we're going to do little boy shorts this time, too. Um, And then we're going to try and uh, purchase some T-shirts, cotton, 100% cotton T-shirts, to go with the little boy's shorts. Thank you. And thank you, Sybil and Mary, for taking that huge upward program on this year. The last but not least, Rachel Hobson, going to lock all the youth in this Friday night, um, starting here at 7 o'clock. What time are you going to pick up the kids? 7 o'clock? If you want to go to the football game. Ten o'clock starts the lock-in, and youth, you're all welcome to that. That's it. Let's all stand and join together for our song of gathering, God is so good.
Please join me in our responsive reading for today. As we remember our own baptism, let us, uh, res- let us read responsively this reading titled, Baptism. We gather to witness the story of God's salvation acted out in the waters of baptism. In holy worship, remember your baptism and give thanks. Through our baptism, we are marked as a people who believe in the radical act of redemption through Jesus. We are We do not know what new thing will be born in us, but we ask God's grace to respond in Christ-like love. Let us listen once again for the voice from heaven, naming us the beloved child of God, connecting us to all who have felt the waters of baptism, soaking them in grace. God, drench us in the living waters of your love. Immerse us in the depths of your spirit. Raise us again to walk in new life with you. Amen. Amen. This is Maggie Vincent, and she has proclaimed her faith in Jesus Christ. And she is coming here in front of you today to proclaim that to the world, that she belongs to God. She is God's child, and we are so blessed that she is a part of our fellowship of love and service as well. She is joining the family of God today, and she is joining our congregation as well. And we are committed to her just as she is committed to us. Through this act of baptism, which is a rite of the church, we are taking on much responsibility for her life and her well-being, just as she is taking on the responsibility to serve God through her life and through her church. What a great day it is for her life, as well as for ours. Maggie, upon your profession of faith in Jesus Christ, it is my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Here there is much water. What does hinder you from being baptized today?
Our scripture for today is Matthew 3, 13 through 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented, and when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord. morning. Can you hear me? Okay. Okay, I brought a friend with me today. This is Lucy. We're going to pretend Lucy is a little girl, okay? Not a doll, but today. I know she looks like a doll. So I have a question for you all. Do you all like to play outside? Do you ever get dirty? What happens when you get dirty? You have to... Take a shower with soap, and you wash. We're going to wash Lucy. We're pretending we're going to wash her. Okay. She's been outside playing. So are you all clean when you get done? Okay. (laughs) If you do a a good job. (laughs) If you do a good job, you're clean when you get done, right? Well, you know what? I noticed something about Lucy. She's got some little things in her heart here. And I'm going to pull these little things out. Let's see what they say. Oh, Lucy's carrying around a sin in her heart. It says that she cheated. She did something. She took something from somebody that didn't belong to her. That's not good. Let's see what else she's got in her heart here. Oh, she didn't tell the truth. She took too many cookies, and her mom asked about them. She said she only took one. Do you ever do that? <laughs> oh. <laughs> the looks on the faces do tell. <laughs> Let's see what this other one is. <gasps> Not doing what your parents tell you to do. Do you all ever do that? You don't? I did when I was a little girl. But these things, if we took soap and water and tried to wash those away, would they go away? No, because it's things that we did that Jesus didn't really want us to do. Okay, so today when Maggie was baptized, she did that as a way to show that she had let Jesus come into her heart and that God had sent his son to save us. And when she was baptized and she said she believed in Jesus, all those bad things were washed away too. She's a child of God now. So one of the ways that when you're baptized, it shows that you are now a Christian and that you want to do the correct thing. Okay. Now, another thing when you're baptized, like Brother Tim did with Maggie, is that she became uh, a member of the church, the church family. And if you look out there, that's all her family. 
Okay, that's her church family. She is bonded to them. They are to help and guide her, and she's to do good things in the church for her God. Also, in the scripture, baptized symbolizes that we're now become a member of the family of God. God wants you a member of his family to do the right things and to get other people to be a part of his family. Like when you come to Bible school and you invite your friends or you invite your friends to come to church. So we can take a bath and wash away all the dirt, but we have to ask God to forgive us to be a Christian, okay, and do the things that he wants us to do, okay? All right, time for children's church. see this Vincent family here today. Maggie's bringing them in. Pray with me, please. God, we are grateful to be able to be here today, to fellowship and to worship, and to tend to the things that you would have us do. We're grateful for these people. We're grateful for their generosity, for their faithfulness, and for their commitment to this church. And as we Uh, enter into this portion of the service where we give back we pray that you will that we will have generous hearts and that uh, you will 
lead us to do what we need to do on the financial end of our business of having a church. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. There is a name I love to hear, I love to sing its word. It sounds like music in my ear, the sweetest name on earth. Oh, how I love Jesus, oh, how I love Jesus, oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me, it tells me of a Savior's love who died to set me free. It tells me of his precious blood, the sinners perfectly. Oh, how I love Jesus! Oh, how I love Jesus, oh, how I love Jesus, because he first loved me. It tells me of one's loving heart, can feel my deepest woe, who in each sorrow bears a part that none can bear below. Oh, how I love Jesus, oh, how I love Jesus, oh, how I love Jesus, 
because he first loved me. Good job. Thank you so much for that. And Acapulco, too. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> the theme for today, as you've already probably deduced, is baptism. And as you can imagine, there are many hilarious stories about baptism. I want to challenge you to go on YouTube and just... just Type in funny baptisms and watch some of the, uh, the videos that come up about baptism. They're, they're hilarious. But th- there are a lot of stories surrounding baptism. You may have heard the story about the man <clears throat> who was stumbling through the woods, totally drunk, when he came upon a Baptist preacher baptizing some people in the river. And in his alcohol-induced stupor, this man proceeded to to go right into the water and bumped right into the preacher. Well, the preacher turned around and he's almost overcome with the the smell of alcohol. And so he asked the inebriated man, are you ready to find Jesus? And the man said, yes, I am. And so the preacher grabs him and dunks him under the water. And he pulls him back up again and asks the man, brother, have you found Jesus? And the man said, no, I haven't. And so the preacher, shocked at the man's answer, dunks him into the water for a little longer this time, pulls him up out of the water and says, Have you found Jesus, my brother? And again, the man said, No, I haven't. Well, by this time, the preacher was at his wit's end and dunks him into the water again. And this time he holds him down for about 30 seconds. The man starts kicking his arms and legs and he's struggling to get up. And when finally the preacher pulls him up, the preacher asks him, For the love of God, man, have you found Jesus? And the drunk man wipes his eyes and catches his breath. And finally he said to the preacher, Are you sure this is where he fell in? As one young Baptist minister in the deep south down around Louisiana tells about the, the first church that he served, it seems that this, this church building was, was very small and had limited facilities, and so they normally held their baptisms in the creek. However, with alligators in the area, this was less than an ideal situation. So a minister friend of his suggested that he bring his next group of baptismal candidates to his church for a joint baptismal service. And naturally, this young pastor accepted. Well, the baptismal pool in his, in his friend's church there had a, a clear front so that the congregation could see everything that was going on in the baptismal pool. But when the baptisms, baptism, baptisms were finished, the curtains were drawn And this young pastor was left alone in the pool for a moment. Well, this building had no air conditioning, and it was really hot in there. And the water felt kind of good. And so he thought about how nice it would be just to kind of take a little dip in the pool. And so he glided to one end of the pool, and then he turned around and did a backstroke to the other end of the pool. And then hearing a riotous uproar coming from the other side of the curtain, 
He looked toward the congregation, and that's when he discovered that the curtain only came down to the top of the glass. And so the astonished and amused congregation had been watching everything that he had been doing. I have a friend, a pastor friend in in Atlanta, whose children were prone to practical jokes from time to time. And so one Sunday, just before a baptismal service, they snuck into the baptistry and released a whole bunch of goldfish just before the service. And so when this pastor performed the baptism that day, it was kind of like finding Nemo. My friends, uh, the ordinance of baptism gives us a lot of good, funny stories sometimes. But just because there are a lot of fun stories about baptism does not mean that baptism is not important. In fact, it is vitally important. For you see, a person's baptism signifies that he or she is a member of the family of God. This is a central truth about baptism that's so often overlooked, I believe. In churches that baptize infants, it is often said that the baptism is a dedication of the parents to bring up their child in the, in the faith. And it is. And I wish parents took more seriously the responsibilities that they have for bringing up their children in the faith. But there's more to baptism than that. In churches like ours that practice believers' baptism, the focus is often on the washing away of sins. And it is that. But it is much more than that, too. I mean, after all, Jesus was baptized and he was without sin. I think that one of the most important things that baptism signifies for us is that we are a part of the family of God. What Maggie has done today, here today, is to tell the world that she is a part of the family of God. Now, it doesn't mean that God loves us any more more than He loves anybody else. And it doesn't mean that God is going to surround us with an impenetrable shield that will keep us from all harm. It doesn't mean that. But what it does mean is that we have become a part of God's covenantal relationship with humanity. What it means is that the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, as well as the God of Peter and Paul and, of course, Jesus of Nazareth, that same God is our God. And we are God's people. In fact, baptism means that we are called by a special name. And that name is Christian. But do you understand what that means? Do you understand how special it is to be called by the name Christian? I'm afraid that because we we live in a a so-called Christian culture, we don't appreciate what it means to be called after the name and lineage of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you what it means. There's a book written by Vincent Carroll and David Shiflett that tells about how Christianity spread throughout the Roman Empire. And they contend that the success of the early Christians was in great part due to the epidemics of fatal diseases. Now, you may be wondering, how in the world could something so horrible as an epidemic result in the spread of Christianity? 
Well, here it is. It was the common practice among the Roman citizens for healthy persons to abandon their sick and their dying family members so that they could spare themselves from the disease. And so victims of an epidemic were thrown out of the house and they were left to die without medical care, without food. But historians tell us that Christians didn't do that. In fact, they did just the opposite. Rather than fleeing from their sick and dying family members, they stayed and they nursed their loved ones, ignoring the risk to themselves. And Christians even went out and gathered other sick and dying strangers and took care of them. And it was this act of sacrificial love that so astounded the Roman citizens that many of them became Christians because they so admired the level of compassion that these Christians had, as well as their lack of fear of dying. Historian Rodney Stark quotes a letter that one Roman citizen wrote to a friend. Here's what the letter said. He said, most of our brother Christians showed unbounded love and loyalty, never sparing themselves and thinking only of one another. Heedless of any danger, they took charge of the sick, attending to their every need and ministering to them in Christ. And with them departed this life serenely, happy. For they were infected by others with the disease, drawing on themselves the sickness of their neighbors and cheerfully accepting their pain. My friends, if you have been baptized, that is your tradition. That is your heritage. It is a willingness to lay down your life for another just as Christ laid down His life for you. So you see, your baptism signifies that you are a member of Christ's family. You are a disciple of the great physician who went about doing good. And this is to say that baptism also means that you are a part of the church. Folks, You were not baptized into the Rotary Club or the Kiwanis Club or the Lions Club. And you weren't baptized into the Boy Scouts or the Girl Scouts or the YMCA. And contrary to popular opinion, you weren't baptized into the Republican Party or the Democratic Party. You were baptized into the church. You know, I'm amazed when people try to separate their Christian discipleship from their involvement in the church. Yes, you can worship God on a mountaintop or a golf course or a beach or at the lake. And I hope that when you're in those environments, you you do give God thanks for God's great bounty and beauty. However, when you attach the word Christian to your name, You are acknowledging your baptism into the faith of Jesus Christ because baptism is a rite of the church. Now, I know that the church is not always all that exciting, but it's important. 
Some of you may remember a news story from several years ago that told about a police department that had purchased a bunch of cardboard cutouts of police cars. And what they'd do is they would put these cutouts of police cars at at uh, particular places around town to fool the, the, the drivers and to slow them down. They'd see these cutouts of the police cars, and they would slow down. Well, some wise guy took this information and thought it'd be um, funny to apply it to the church. Um, and he did so in the form of a, a letter that was allegedly written by an officer of the Cardboard Fabrications Company. Here's what the letter said. And by the way, this is all (laughs) tongue-in-cheek. Dear sirs, we are sure that you have come across our extremely successful products already. Among our lines are cardboard police cars to discourage speeding and cardboard police officers to deter shoplifters. Following on the successes of these, we are pleased to announce that we can now supply cardboard clergy. The cardboard pastor is invaluable to hard-pressed clergy who need a holiday. It is, it is life-size and comes in progressive, middle-of-the-road, and conservative models. It is especially effective when placed behind the pulpit. Field trial, trials have shown that when a cardboard pastor has, was, was so installed, 40% of the congregation noticed no difference at all. And 25% claimed that there had been a considerable improvement. (laughs) Soon we hope to have available a cardboard music minister, (laughs) which can replace the real music minister when he is away. Trial models have been tested in a certain musical evangelism conference. Without being detected, one is even credited with introducing a new hymn. And then there's our... Cardboard congregation is already on the market and selling well. Its response to sermons is indistinguishable from the real thing. And it has the positive advantage that when volunteers are called for, nobody makes a dash for the door. In some churches, there have even been a marked improvement in the singing. We commend our quality products for your serious consideration. Yours faithfully, Seaboard. Managing director. Now, I will not argue that the church is always what it ought to be. However, what I would argue is that if you are a baptized Christian, then you are a part of the church. And you are a very important part of the church at that. My friends, every single member of the church is important. Because, folks, let me tell you something. It is here that God's people will offer you the support that you need to live an abundant life. And it is here that you will offer support to others when they need to be lifted up. So, you see, we are all important to one another. You know, it bothers me that most surveys indicate that perhaps 80% of our nation will claim that they are Christian, but only about 30% are involved in any meaningful way in their church. My friends, when we are baptized, we become a part of God's family. 
And when we are baptized, we are baptized into the church. And here's the most wonderful thing about baptism. For you see, baptism is an acknowledgement of what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. My friends, baptism is an act of grace. It signifies our acceptance of, by God. Not because we deserve it, but because it is God's intent and desire that all should be saved and that none should perish. God so loved the world that God gave God's only begotten Son. And baptism is our way of telling the world what God has done for us. James W. Moore wrote a book called God Was Here and I Was Out to Lunch. I love that title. But in it, he, he tells about a meeting that Dr. William McLean, a preaching um, professor at Wesley Theological Seminary, once had with a South Korean tailor in um, Seoul, South Korea. Amazingly, this tailor introduced himself as Smitty Lee. Well, Dr. McLean was fascinated to discover a Korean named Smitty. And so he asked whether this was a Korean name or not, and the, and the Korean tailor said no. And then he told him the story of how his life had been saved many years before during the Korean War by a courageous American soldier from Virginia whose name was Smitty Ransom. And the tailor went on to explain a rather familiar custom in that part of the world, summing it up in two simple sentences. He said, he saved my life, so I took his name. Wow. My friends, that is what it's all about. He Saved my life. So I took his name. Sometimes we may ask about someone. What's his Christian name? Or what's her Christian name? In other words, what name was given to him or her when they were baptized or when they were dedicated to the Lord? Well, here it is. Christ saved our life. So we took his name. We are a part of God's family. We are involved in Christ's church. And we have been saved and set aside for Christ's service. We are Christian. And it is for the sake of Christ that we live our lives. Maggie has made that statement today. She has proclaimed to the world that she belongs to God. She has committed herself to serving God through her life and through her church. And she has done all of this in response to what Christ has done for her. He died so that she might live. Thanks be to God. We have been baptized, which means that God has laid a claim on our lives, and we are God's. Thanks be to God for what our baptism signifies in our lives. Amen.
Let us sing together our closing hymn, Without Him, number 300. And I want to make this an invitation hymn. There may be someone here today who has been inspired by what Maggie has done in professing her faith to Jesus Christ. And maybe you would like to do that as well. Um, And so we we invite you, if you want to do that, if you want to uh, uh, profess that you have accepted Christ, uh, this morning, then we we invite you to do that. If you want to become a member of our church, we invite you to come and, and tell me that, then we'll take care of that. Or, or maybe you just need a time of prayer. So this is an invitation hymn. Without him, we could do nothing. Would you come? As God spoke to Jesus on the occasion of his baptism, may we all hear God's word today, proclaiming to us that we are God's beloved child. And as Christ went on to fulfill God's purpose, may we also move forth from here to be God's witness and God's ambassadors to the world through his spirit. Amen.